All right, hello, uh, Vision Watch viewers. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in to our first interview for Vision Watch. Uh, here we have uh, the talented uh, Mr. Mahidivi, school board member Mr. Mahidivi, representing, um, I believe, the Ashburn Broadern side of LCPS. Uh, not only is he a school board member, he is um, he leads a consulting company. He um, is the head of his uh, scouts, Boy Scouts for his kids, and is very active in his uh, kids' life and is an awesome father. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Mahadevi, it's to you. All right, Mr. Mahadevi, uh, we just want to start off with uh, a question from Division Watch people. They want to know, what does a school board member do? Hey, first of all, you know, it's my pleasure to be on your vision um, on, the, on this show. And it's exciting to see that you guys are um, moving to another another new phase of discussing not only just um, watch, like I think the past you guys did Corona watch, but also on this vision side of things. So I appreciate being on this um, call with you guys. A school board makes, um, fundamentally there are three aspects of a school board that comes into play. One is um, the only employee school board member has is superintendent of the school, which is essentially the CEO of the division. So it's the responsibility of the school board to hire, fire, and and I guess from a goal-setting plan for the superintendent. So that's one first and foremost thing. Second is to own policies. Um, the school board, uh, there's currently nine school board members that are for Loudoun County Public Schools, and they make the decisions on uh, policy that apply across all schools. So whether it's a discipline policy, whether it's a grading policy, whether it's uh, human resources, um, any aspect of things that you do in school, they're, they're the ones who help um, approve the policies, I should say. And lastly, the budget. So any financials, um, whether we're building new schools, whether we are, um, you know, working on um, getting more raises for the teachers or, you know, introducing something like Tutor.com for the students, those are all budget impact decisions, and that's the school board does as well. So just in a summary, I believe those are the top three things that a school board does. Okay, awesome. Um, so now the next question is, and this is more veering of like how you're coming out of the COVID response, right? So how has LCPS, like as an institution and its staff, come out of uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic? Well, uh, you know, as, as you guys, been in the trenches of the schools being students it's been it's been pretty challenging the COVID was pretty challenging let me just put it this way um realizing the impact on the learning loss the ability for students to really engage in the class engage with the peers engage with the teachers <clears throat> and just with the curriculum itself um, so that's been, you know, I think there was some understanding that perhaps the challenge, it would be quite challenging coming out of that. We as a school board and the administration put a lot of emphasis on how, how, how to prepare for that. I mean, nobody has prepared anything like this from the past, but at least what, what additional things that we can do <clears throat> to help mitigate that, um, for at least for the elementary and, um, middle schools, we introduced many programs when it comes, at least in the summer, to transition between COVID and then the regular last year that we had. And then again, you know, give more emphasis on having that empathy and having the understanding 
that the kids are coming out of coming out of this COVID, and how do we how do we as a division um, support them? I think that's been the sort of the core emphasis throughout the year. Um, again, that's at least the intentions behind that. So I think I don't know if you've seen this. Literally last week, we had the numbers for the last year's um, MAP results and SOS results, et cetera. So we did see a dip coming into COVID and we do see a little bit of recovery coming back to, it's not fully normal to the past 2019, but it's kind of trajectory is moving backwards when you're looking at, looking at all the scores that we have been seeing in the last, last week. So <clears throat> totally we're not out of the woodworks yet. There's more, more, understanding more hard work that needs to be done to support the kids to come out of the COVID and especially for the elementary kids. So we're putting a lot more from a budget perspective. We, you know, we also introduced having an, a, a, an additional teacher assistant in kindergarten and first grade, because those are the kids coming into the school system without having any gone through kindergarten and first grade for at least one year and continue emphasis on the elementary because I think that was where we believe probably a major impact in, in, in connecting the students. So there's more work to be done, but I think it's, it's still, it's still a work in progress. Yeah. Addressing that. So a lot of parents are talking about, um, you know, learning loss and the county, like the, the standards falling backwards. Are there any specific policies that you're proposing or for supporting that will change that? And like how specifically, like, what are the specific measures that we're going to take that will uh, reduce that in the future? So there, at the moment, there is no specific policy as such to address this. But I think last year we did a full study of our, um, uh, our literacy program uh, at the elementary level, a full assessment of it. And we made a big <clears throat> course change in how we do literacy across LCPS. And so it was not so much a policy, but a strategic um, strategic direction in terms of how we address that. You know, one more thing to add to that, I, I, I kind of missed track of it. Um, we also, this year, we as a school board also passed a strategic plan. It's a five, 10 year strategic plan that lays out all the priorities of the school board and also the division as well. And, um, and you'll see a lot more metrics coming up. We're working on the metrics right now. Um, so from policy at the moment, uh, we're, we're looking into it, but I think more emphasis on the budget saying, you know, work, how do we, how do we spend the, how do we send appropriate, spend appropriate dollars to, to catch up with the learning loss? Cause it, it would come down to hiring more staff or hiring additional staff, providing additional support to the students. And so those are all would come down to the budgetary impact versus a policy decision on that. So our emphasis is going to be, it has been, and will continue to be on, you know, what additional dollars we can provide to continue helping students and the staff in trying to, trying to come out of this um, COVID loss. If I may ask, since you're talking about the budget and the finance, <clears throat> are there any plans to uh, raise uh, teachers' pay? That's a great question. So as we came in regard, I mean, not only this year, are this boards and especially my priority has always been how do we 
<clears throat> how do we continue improving teacher salary? Um, as you know, the budget, <clears throat> we get the budget from the, the Loudoun County supervisors. So we present the budget to the supervisors and they're the ultimate ones to support it or not support it. And that's been a tussle too. So we as a school board always believe that we need to, and our teachers are, teachers work hard. Um, you know, as both of you know, that they, they put a lot of energy and a lot of time into it. And Loudoun County is not the most, um, you know, cheapest place to live in also. So what can we do? And I think there's a big intention from our side to to really reduce <clears throat> even the gap between what we have between us and Fairfax. But how do we continue to, to provide the best benefit package for our teachers? Um, we, we're always asking for that. Whether the, the county supervisors and the state legislators some, somehow support it, we're always at the mercy of them because we ultimately get the budget from them. We don't really create our own budget. I mean, we don't, you know, again, we don't, we don't have our own revenue system, but so that's been always challenged, but we are always working, um, you know, consistently, I believe in the last three years I've been in the school board, we, we work to at least give more than 5%, at least, you know, work towards that. Uh, it always comes down to capping by supervisors or by the legislators and how much we can give them a raise. But uh, it's, it's definitely on our, in our minds and, and we have shown it through our commitment, through our, uh, pushing for the budget for teachers raises. Definitely. That's good to hear. And I have one more follow up question because I noticed you mentioned the state legislator, legislature. So how has it changed dealing with like the new, um, legislature, like the Republican led one in the general assembly? Uh, Nothing so far yet. I mean, I think this is the first year I think the governor took the office, um, Governor Yankee took the office. So we're still waiting to see what, if any, um, any changes that are coming down, coming down the Richmond to, to the state, uh, to, to our, to our county yet. All right. Uh, so on the, uh, on the basis of, you know, campuses and campus safety, like we were talking about, like the teachers and stuff, so, uh, as you know, last year there was uh, an assault instance in the Loudoun County Broadburn area, and the official response was moving the offender from one school to another. So how can we sure ensure that our campuses and communities are safe after this awful moment? And what do you say to parents that argue that county's punishment wasn't strong enough? So... <clears throat> uh... Uh, I mean, this is a, so repeat your question again. So let me, let me get the question down. Correct. Sure. So uh, as you know, last year, or uh, I could be wrong on the time frame. I, I think it happened last year. The, there was a sexual assault instance in the Loudoun County area and the official response was moving the offender from one school to another. So my question is, how can we ensure that our campuses and communities are safe after this moment? And what do you say to parents that argue that community's punishment wasn't strong enough? Yeah, so so I would I would say that in 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 the light and the you know again the light of the challenges we as a division faced last year and this sort of horrific incidents that happened at <clears throat> Stonebridge and Broadrun, um, we did look go back and look at our processes, our our policies, in terms of where perhaps if anything there was a gap. <clears throat> One of my initiatives. Besides doing an assessment 
there was a study conducted <clears throat> also uh, to, to, to review what processes or what policies were broken and the administration is, is working, you know, in fact, working to, um, you know, make sure that those things don't happen again. So that's one thing. <clears throat> There's also how we interact with, um, how LCPS interacts with uh, the sheriff's office in better understanding the the communication between what <clears throat> what the what the I guess the applied charges were, what the situation was, and how the school division understood or not understood that. That's also a gap that we collectively looking at and make sure that that that's also gets addressed. And the third thing is, <clears throat> so going back to one of the initiatives, like well, we don't really had a process to, con well, we don't really had a process to continually continually audit our own processes. <clears throat> so in the last budget cycle, one of the things that I added was to have set up a auditor general's office within LCPS is the first that we have, which not necessarily to look at this particular incident, but look at our systematic processes and policies in place that <clears throat> either are being followed or not followed or where the gaps are. So the Auditor General's office is being set up right now to hopefully in the future help us mitigate, you know, and make sure that these things never happen again. The disciplinary issue that you talk about, <clears throat> again, I would go back to it's the sort of miscommunication or misunderstanding, whatever, between the Sheriff's office and the LCPS and the, and the court system within, within Loudoun County. What, what was that resulted in really understanding what was really going on, unfortunately? And again, since this case is still, you know, there's still a lot of issues with LCPS, I'll just leave it at that from, from a school board perspective, um, you know, rather than going details about, about what that is. But I think, you know, setting up the auditor generals was, I believe, one of the steps to make sure that we, we do review our policies and make sure that any gaps that exist, that we work towards that. Um, make sure that <clears throat> our communication with the sheriff's office is uh, is is improved in terms of how and what we communicate and what the situation, what what's going on for that. Also, those are the, I think the two sort of major outcomes I would say. And besides the um, you know the the sort of the the study and the feedback on what was really broken and and addressing that. So there there's been you know hopefully this. Hopefully, this incidents behind LCPS would, you know, again, hopefully our intentions are and and the and the policies and processes are that these incidents don't, you know, happen ever again in our school division. That's fair. That's definitely very fair. Um, and I'm, this is good that you know we're making this progress. So, um, so what you're saying is basically, um, clarify, of course, that. Especially since th this case is still pending, uh, I guess there's some after effects. There's no, uh, from a process standpoint, no revision yet. Especially come, you're waiting for the auditor uh, general's response. Is that is that how it's going right now? No, no, I I, I don't no, I think that, let's let's correct that. So there's been <clears throat> there's been processes when it comes to um, title line. Those have been addressed, and so what what I mean to say, <clears throat> the issues, the surrounding. The challenge we had, what you you know, from broad run or uh, those things, those from a process perspective internally are being addressed. So that's not we're not leaving it open uh, going forward with it. 
So that's, I just want to be clear about that. Those are being addre- addressed or uh, already been addressed uh, without going to details of it. So that's being ad- already been addressed. What I was speaking to Auditor Generals is that make sure that this was one process or one issue we found, you know, which was, you know, again, because of whatever reasons, I think we talked about the, the process being fixed, but hopefully the Auditor General's office is set up so that future other issues. So this is this one issue that we found <clears throat> that happened because of lapse of, you know, whatever communications or um, certain processes, et cetera. But in future, if other issues are there, how do we, how do we make sure that we address those issues before it happens? And that's what our hope is that we audit all these processes um, and um, policies that are either being applied, not being applied, or they're not following certain processes, so that in future we don't have other issues. That's what I meant to say. Got it. Uh, so I've heard a lot about policy that you're talking about right now, and on a good note of policy, we have moved on from the predecessor of LEAP, and we've moved on to the Loudoun Education Alliance of Families. Can you tell me? how that's different from LEP and why you supported it this June? Uh, Another great question. So I don't know. I mean, I think the charter or the bylaws of used to be the, um, the leap, for example, but I can speak to what our intention for setting up the Loudoun, the the new um, Loudoun, sorry, it's uh, the new, the new parent advisory council that we have set up right now. And the intention was <clears throat> more. Sorry, one second, give me one. It's all good. Take your time. <clears throat> yeah. So the intention was that in the last couple of years, we heard that. You know, again, we need to hear from the parents as a voice uh, as we go through the policy. You know, we as a school board always solicit parents and other other groups as we make the policy decision. <clears throat> but we we realized that there was no. Uh, we had minority students. You know, we had the MSAC and we had the SEAC for the special ed groups, but just general across a parent wide group across all the school divisions, we didn't have that. Um, there is. As you know, there's a Hunt district which became Loudoun County Council PTA. Um, that represents all the PTA within the Loudoun County public school system. But as you guys also know that LCPS has both PTA and PTO. So there are many, I would say almost half the schools have PTOs and they did not have the representation at, to, to share the voice and share the feedback. And so this, um, Loudoun, so the, the Parent Advisory Council then became, it includes parents from both PTA and PTOs. So it has a good representation from all school, schools to provide, you know, again, feedback or feedback on policies, et cetera. So that was the intention in setting this thing up going forward. It. The LEAP had some challenges in the past, um, but I think, that, again, the intention was that how do we get parents across all school divisions engaged back into you know, providing feedback, providing feedback on policies, and continue to be be a voice, an official sort of a a voice into the process as we go within within LCPS. Got it. Uh, Mr. Mahadevi, we just have one more question just to wrap things up real quick. Uh, What, uh, since we are Vision Watch, 
What is your vision for students to implement positive change in our community, in schools or clubs, or even at home? You know, it reminds me of, <clears throat> um, from a Boy Scout perspective, I mean, there's a lot of the, the traits that you have, but, you know, one is a helper, one is a leader, um, and somebody who, you know, does a community sort of uh, service, community, community hours. So my, I mean, you know, we talk about a lot about authentic learning and being the next leaders. So what does that really mean? Um, you know, whether it's, through, I think, as you mentioned, through clubs or through uh, academic achievements, et cetera. But I think it, it does come down to, you know, what what impact you have within your community. I mean, many, you know, there are many opportunities and many ways to engage with them. But I guess I'll come back to, like, what is the impact you're having? I see the initiatives that both of you are doing, you know, when you, when during, during the COVID times, you had the Corona watch in, in sharing and, um, sharing the messages or sharing, um, updates. Uh, I thought that was excellent. And I believe even this one to say, well, how do we connect the, the leader's voice back with, or at least synthesize where the leaders are going and how do you bring that, uh, information or that, you know, vision to share with the, the rest of the masses. I think it's an excellent opportunity for, from a communication point of view to have that. So I think that's, I think what you guys are showing are, you know, excellent leadership skills in the last two years I've seen. I think that's something similarly, I think we just need to have, you know, hopefully our, um, our students taking initiatives in, in other areas where they're passionate in, whether it's, you know, creating some platform like this or whether they're engaging in, through um, sports activities and in youth leadership activities that way. Uh, I, I think that there are tons of opportunities to do that, but I think what you guys are doing are, is, is excellent. That's good to hear. I mean, we really appreciate this and your thoughts. Um, so from that, do you, want, do you have any other final closing thoughts before we wrap this up? So one, one last thing that, uh, to just share with you. So one of my, since I came on the school board, um, one of my vision was how do we, how do we, how do we work, how do we focus our energy on, on the mental health of our kids? Um, and that's something I really, and I can speak a little bit about that, saying, well, how do we try to create a, I mean, again, we cannot eliminate all the mental health issues, but what can the school do? What resources the schools can provide? Or, what policy changes can we do to help um, alleviate some of this stress within the school divisions? So one of the things that I learned was our school school counselors uh, ratios has been pretty off. And so my first initiative was to say, well, we're going to work on reducing the counselor ratios. I think it was like a ridiculous 350 or 325 students uh, to one counselor at the high school level. And through my initiative, we brought it down to about 250 at the high school level, um, 275 or 300 at the middle school level, and we still have a little bit higher ratio at the elementary level. So my goal this year, budget cycle, is to make sure that we work on hard to help reduce the ratio down at the <clears throat> elementary school as well. Uh, the grading policy, I think, um, well, before I go to grading policy, we also saw that having those um, – uh, Puma Lods and having those ranking in the schools, again, it was a controversial, but also created a lot of pressure on the students too. So that was one of the policies that we worked on to say, well, again, 
it works good for some students and they, they, it's, it's great. But for many who are trying to achieve that, it didn't really, um, you know, I think that's, that's a big change that's happening across many divisions. So we worked on, in, in removing some of the ranking schemes, uh, for, for high schoolers. <clears throat> Grading policy was one of the things which the students love, but the, the staff is, um, you know, we, we are learning there's some challenges with that as well. But again, it was how do we help the students in, in ensuring that, you know, if you, you get a bad C or, you know, in one of your <clears throat> submitted works, do you have an opportunity to take it again or do you live with that? And so I think, you know, those kind of policies, which may be very subtle, but I think it kind of goes back to building the confidence of the students to say, yeah, you know what? Um, at least I can work towards getting a B and then, you know, hopefully in future that was just one off sort of a C or D I got in my, one of my tests and how do I improve that going forward with it? So again, the, those are small, I mean, doing in a, in a short time that we have that, that I've been working on. I just want to highlight that besides the, the auditor general's office, um, that we have set up. So there's still more work to be done, um, in how we continue to improve, um, you know, mental health. We also did a mental health assessment of our whole entire staff and the division on how we're doing things as well. There's more, more of that will be coming as well in terms of how we change and how we, um, you know, improve on that as well. So that's one of my, I just wanted to highlight and share, um, sort of a focus on, uh, continue to make, make the lives of students, uh, better in the schools, the best, to the best ability we can. Okay, Mr. Mahadevi, thank you for your interview, and we really appreciate your thoughts. Thank you, guys, and all the best to both of you.